0: simply amazed, simply amazed by God's timing, how he touches the points of your life without you even recognizing it. And sometimes it takes 2020, right? That hindsight experience for you to recognize how he was going to use that moment, how he was going to use that blanketed component of shame, how he was going to use that identity piece that had you on your knees crying out for more. That he was going to turn something that was subliminal or something that was subsurface or something that was a subtitle and turn it into a substantial glory filled experience for you to be a superhero, for you to be the comeback kid, for you to be the glory story that he gets to put you on a pedestal as a daughter or a son. Today's guest, Kelly Gunther, was, not is, a U.S. Olympian skater. She was also deemed a child who was in special ed when she was young. Special ed to an Olympian skater. And something, and somewhere, and somehow, in between, she got to leave those identity pieces behind and stand in his the life. What could have been a tragic experience turned triumph. And I know you too, friend, have a story like this. I hope you tune in to hear her heart. I hope you tune in to see what's next for this girl next door. And I hope you subscribe to this podcast and share it out, blast it out to your friends. We're going to be reviewing your reviews here on the show. And I can't wait to share it with all of the people coming out because your name is Your love, your deposit will be shared even more on these grandiose opportunities. I love you. I thank you for being a part of the Fit and Faith community. And I cannot wait to see where we continue to go and who continues to come on the show. It's been very fun. Be sure to subscribe. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast. Fit? Puppy. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Sorry. He has a black lab that is not pictured, but you might hear. And we're just going to embrace the puppy loving today. Kelly, I'm so grateful to have you on the Fit and Faith podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me today. I am such an honor to be here. Sorry, I look like I rolled out of bed today, but I am so excited to pour into everybody.
0: You know what? That's the the best part about these things is like people at the end of the day don't really care what you look like. They care what your heart sounds like. And that's exactly what we're going to get today. So thank you for being here. You're beautiful. And we're going to hear a little bit about your beautiful story. Uh, You might have seen in the the creds at the beginning that she is a U.S. Olympian skater. And yet there is so much more. And I've had the pleasure of speaking to so many athletes or whatever the label is that the world gives them or their claim to fame, if you will. Um, but there's always so much more to that human. And, and I got to hear you on Clubhouse uh, several months ago, and I was just floored by the story, but more so just your spirit. And I know that that was a sharpening process um, based on a tragedy that has actually become your triumph. So let's just jump in with wherever you feel it could be the backstory it could be the the big punchline, and then we can go from there
1: yeah absolutely uh oh thank you so much again and just my faith of how huge it is to me and how important um really just really spoke to me within the last maybe 10 years um i mean faith was always something in my life um i was always a believer Uh, I was a speed skater for 25 years. So most of those um, Sundays were spent um, at the roller rink before I had even switched over to long track speed skating. So every Sunday uh, I was at practice, so I necessarily couldn't go to church. And then transferring over to uh, long track speed skating, your schedule and training is pretty the same every day, day in and day out, Monday through Saturday, is training every day, twice a day. Sundays is your always day off unless you're, you know, we're traveling or whatnot. Um, So to have that opportunity of Sunday not being, having to be at practice, uh, I really got to dive into church and really
0: even find out more so of what it was. Wow. I love that. And that was within the last 10 years since your career changed or... Can you hear me? Okay.
1: Yeah, the last, um, the last maybe five years or so, I would say. um, Was
0: yeah. Sorry, it went out, but I think I got you. That's okay. Yeah, I got you now. Yeah, the last five years or so. You five years. Can you hear me? I can. Yeah. I've got you. Can you
1: hear me
0: okay? I can hear you okay. If you guys are watching live and you can hear Kelly okay, let's Uh, just give some love in the comments. Can you hear me? Did it freeze? I can hear you okay. I'm not sure if it's a sound bite or not. Yes. Oh no. Ah, I see it spiraling. It might be her internet. We're live, so we're gonna hang out until Kelly Gunther comes back. You guys, she was the US Olympian skater who had a major comeback story. And we're about to get into it. They actually called her the comeback kid. And so I'm really excited to get into the nitty gritty of her story of her testimony and how it went from tragic to triumph. But it looks like she's having some internet issues. So for now, I will tell you a little bit more about her. She is a girly girl who loves to laugh, do her hair and makeup, which is why right when she came on and she found out that we were live. She's like, No, I thought this was just audio. And I'm like, girl, you're It doesn't matter. I've come in mom bun. I've come in whiplash. I've come in so many different ways, shapes, and forms in the last three years. It's hard to believe we've gone over 150 episodes. We've never missed a week. And now, if you haven't noticed, we are dropping the Fit and Faith podcast. Four to five times a week, which is just unbelievable to even think that I talk that much, let alone have the joy and privilege of speaking to so many incredible human beings like Kelly. And like I said, other athletes as well. We've had Sam Ocho on here. We've had Tim Timberlake on here. We've had um, actually, did Tim, yeah, Tim had some sports background. Daryl Stinson has been on. Uh, so I love me athletes and learning about their backstory specifically is so intriguing to me because. No different than my own testimony we often put our titles and our labels on the outside of who we are and we don't actually let anybody in on the inside and so it's a hard it's a hard season to walk i'm sure to be able to go through And just think that that's your only sense of identity. So what we were learning from Kelly before she popped off, you actually have even better lighting right now. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, That week we can see your beautiful face. I was just giving them a bit of a backstory on what I did know about you and your testimony. And so I'm excited for you to continue to jump in. You had left us at that you had been really um, divulging in church and, and what that actually meant the last five years when you shifted in your skating career.
1: Yes, thank you so much about that. Sorry, that. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Um, yes, the last five years, um, I was it was getting towards the end of my career. Uh, I had skated as I was mentioned for those twenty five years, and I'd always been Kelly the skater girl, and I never really got to even make friends outside of the skating world because that was all I've known for so long. And I got introduced to a church in Salt Lake City that really just became my home. It became my Um, my world sort of say. And as those Sundays would come and go, I would sit there and, you know, just go to church and leave and say, you know, as much as I come, I really want to, I want to be a part of this community. I really want to dive in and how do I do this? And I just really dove in, uh, you know, meeting the pastor and, you know, getting plugged into different spots As And I say that so much so as when I did my rehab all at the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs, I had worked with a sports psych. And when I went back to Utah after um, finishing my rehab and whatnot, and he had said these very important words to me, and they they had always stuck with me. And his words were, Kelly, the type of person you are going out to the movies or going out to dinner or having that group, that is just as important as a workout for you, and I really, you know, stuck and hold on to that because it just I thought about it and said, yeah, you're right. And he pr- proceeded to say, you know, it's so easy to go home after training and not want to go out and not want to push yourself, um, because it is easy. I mean, at the end of the day, you technically have just worked out for seven to eight hours and you're exhausted. Um, you know, so as I would started, you know, going to that church on Sunday and really dive in, I really pushed myself, you know, to make um, friends and to make a small group and use it as I was going to training. And at the end of the day, it really became the best thing for me because I started not to only see life outside of an ice skating rink, I started to see and saw life that was just so much more meaningful to me. And I, really felt God, you know, talk within my spirit and who I was and really what true friendship was. And I, that really hit home for me, what, you know, true friendship was and how everyone prayed together. And I never been experienced of that before because it always been kind of cut you know, straight dry on the ice because, yeah, you're, guessing you're all friends and teammates, but at the end of the day, you know, you want to be the fastest person on the ice where, you know, this was something that they just wanted the best for you. And, you know, and we prayed together and it was, you know, all, you know, around my age and we'd meet every Monday. Uh, so that for me was just something that, you know, really was really special to me and that, you know, really, I wanted to dive into more.
0: Yeah, I think that there are so many bits and pieces to what you just shared that are golden nuggets for so many people to take. As one, understanding that, like I was sharing when you were offline, is is what we perceive the world says that we are based on our job title or our description or the first label that everybody wants to know is what is deemed the most successful, right? Or the most starlit. But what God sees is who we are at the roots, at the foundation, at the seed of who we are. And seeds are not a shiny right? Seeds are, are in the soil. The root system is below. Nobody even understands what that is. And there's no community outside of what I also have experienced within church that has ever allowed me to just toil in the soil and be okay with me showing what are weeds and what are flowers and, and to really, truly understand and cultivate who I was called to be rather than what I was called to be. And being an athlete, I understand not nearly to the same extent, but I was in gymnastics and I would be there 20 hours a week. And I was in middle school and elementary school. Right. And so it did, it was all of my friends and they were my friends because we spent that much time together. And when I would go into my, my school setting, it was much harder for me to establish those relationships because I was only known as one certain perspective or one certain persona. So I think that that is one thing to take note of. And then additionally, to understand how valuable community is when it's raw and real rather than it's a forced community. A lot Mm -hmm. of times people are forced into community if it's at their job setting. Um, They're forced into community if it's their family and they never lose or find an identity that's a standalone. And I think it's important for us to have that leave and cleave in all forms of relationships in order for you to truly stand in the authority of who we're called to be.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And I totally agree with that. And it's something that is very, I think, difficult um, You know, to start out to feel that. And I really didn't feel It until I really dove into, you know, church and meeting new friends and kind of experience, I almost want to say a new life and realizing that God had more for me. And I always knew I didn't want to be ever known as Kelly the Skater. And to me, it's just a title, it's not an entitlement. There's so much more of me. And it takes a lot of growth, you know, within yourself to. You know, to really sit back and say and realize, you know, God has so much more for me. And it took a lot through that process, you know, a lot of going into church day in and day out, you know, to really grasp and know that He wants to use my voice. And this is why I was never granted a gold medal. And the day that I put my hands on my steering wheel and said that out loud during the 2018 Winter Olympics were taking place, I had said, God, Thank you for never letting me win a gold medal because it's not who I'm supposed to be. This is who I'm supposed to be. You gave me the story to share and to tell. And I'm so more proud of that versus anything that I've ever accomplished because I, I knew that what was inside of me was going to come out of me. And when your soul is that strong, um, that's really, you know, what I want to share to everybody. Is that you know, there's so much more to you than just looking at the book cover at the book cover. You know, read the chapters and really get to know who you are. Mm. Um, and so I think that's just really
0: important. That speaks a lot to my soul, specifically during this week, uh, because I am actually launching my first standalone book. And it is what makes you want to throw up, to be completely honest, to tell like all of the backstory, all of the the secrets, all of the places of who you are that make you who you are, but aren't often what you share out in public. Right. And so wanting so badly to obliterate shame for other people and letting them stand in the freedom of who they're truly called to be, no matter what their past looks like. Um, and so I, I love that we share that belief. And also, I'm curious from like, your bio when you're talking about what could have been a tragedy to what is now the triumph? Is it really this identity piece? Is that really where, what you speak into?
1: Mhm. Yeah. And it's really just, you know, I'm really defining of who I am and really de- redefining, you know, everything, because for all of my life, I've had to have been, you know, Kelly, that skater where I've always known I wanted to be the cheerleader. You know, I wanted to be that girl who, you know, got to fit in, but I was never, you know, that person who had to do that because of skating that took up my whole entire sort of life because it was my life. Yes, I loved it. But now, you know, I'm really remaking myself of who I am and using my voice and in praying and, you know, just really trusting that God has, you know, what I'm supposed to do to what to be called out. Um, And the reason why I more so say that as um, during the 2000, right before the 2018 Olympic trials, I uh, I had known my body was exhausted. Rather, I made that team or didn't make that team. Um, I knew the backstory. I knew my coach and I didn't get along. Um, I knew there was, you know, a lot of trials and outcomes, you know, to get there. And it was a very hard road to get there. Um, and I just wanted to make those last two years of my career the best that I could. And I was absolutely miserable. Um, and I absolutely... At the end of the day, kind of hated skating and I hate stating, stating that because I loved it so much. But two and a half months before Olympic trials, um, it was October and Olympic trials were at the end of December, beginning of January. And I came off the ice that day, um, from practice crying and I had said, I don't think I can do this anymore. Um, I don't think I can keep going. And one of my good friends, you know, said it perfectly and said, you know, Kelly, I see and I can tell how much you love skating but you're over the fight and you can only fight for so long before you can't fight anymore and diving into that and rolling that over with my church community and that that connection with God and that that powerful moment that I had I felt that he was saying it's okay that you don't make this olympic this olympic team you know you're not supposed to be there and if I missed it by one final spot on my best race, I wasn't supposed to be there that day. You know, the girl that I had did make it, I was absolutely so excited for her because it was her first and last Olympic Games that she got to experience, you know, in our favorite race. Uh, you know, so I had already done and went through the process of not, you know, being okay when I went to the starting line and I wasn't named to the team. And that speaks a lot, I think, as an athlete to say, you know, thank God I didn't make the United States Olympic team. And it's truly true, because I couldn't go and represent our country of someone who could fake it. And I'm a very least fakeable person. So it was it was going to be hard for me to ever do that. And it wasn't. And that's why I wasn't there. Um, in 2014. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the cards played out different for me. And that's why I've always just stuck to that everything, you know, happens for a reason. And, you know, I've just trusted God and really just let him lead the way.
0: How did all of that, because it's like such a powerful understanding. And I think a lot of times we so eagerly want to stay in that limelight because it feels shiny and it feels easier. But there's like all these hidden emotions and the mask that you have to wear to keep that smile on, even though you don't really feel that way. How did you parallel when everything kind of fell out with um, with uh, Simone? Yeah, curious.
1: Oh, I love that question, Um, especially being an athlete and looking out from the outside in. And the reason why I say that is because I don't know Simone personally, and I I don't know exactly what she was thinking. But looking at her and watching her and feeling that exact moment of almost exactly what I went through is that it looked like she – well, it didn't look like she literally absolutely had the world on top of her shoulders and she had a lot of pressure. I don't believe it was that she couldn't handle the pressure. I one 1000% 1, she could. I think at the end of the day, it was that she was doing gymnastics for everybody else, but Simone. Yeah. And when you're not out there doing it for who you are and for the love that you have it, you, you lose control of it and you lose, you know, sight of everything. And I just get goosebumps saying that because I, you know, I was exactly like with me of skating and I knew that I loved it, but I wasn't skating for Kelly anymore. I was skating for everybody else. And um, sometimes I wish I could have been as strong as her and, you know, stepped away a little bit earlier, but um, you know, I learned from it and now I can, you know, use it and look at others and say, you know, commence them because it was that I, give her so much credit and honor for what she did.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It was it was very interesting to watch, but having had my own mental health journey and spiritual journey and understanding the importance of all the congruency in each of those places, it was really honoring to watch the way that she held herself. And I don't know how she kept it together so beautifully, but I think when you fully know that the emotions mm-hmm. don't necessarily control you anymore, it's like that God whisper that's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, this is my security. This is my affirmation. This is my identity. And no matter whether they want to pressure me into it or not, Mm -hmm. I'm at this point where it just, you can wash your hands clean of all of those emotional pieces and just stand in the truth.
1: Yes, 1000%. And that's so completely true. I mean, you, like you just said it perfectly, you know, when the emotions aren't there, and you're not in it, you might as well just you're just not in it because you can't force it and you can't find the love, you know, for it. And I yeah. dug deep and I tried to find the love for skating, but it's just not there. And, and I, and that's when I heard, you know, God tell me and whisper to me in October, you know, Kelly, you're not going to make this team. And it was a world sense of a release, you know, lifted off my shoulders and I was able to breathe again. And it was just, it was the best feeling I could have ever went through.
0: Quick commercial break. I know I hate these things too, but it's so critical that you grow your business for God's sake. And I mean that, pun intended, with all the love in my heart to get you from a place of ideation to activation. Stop dreaming. Start doing. Stand up. Start saying yes to the call that God has on your life. We are going to be joining in Lexington, Kentucky with none other than the beautiful Rise and Grind community with Glenn Lundy, who will be co-hosting this incredible conference. This is the second annual, and he has taken me under his wing to be able to share this stage, to motivate and inspire and I cannot wait to see you there November 5th through the 7th if you want to come in for the VIP experience which who doesn't want to come along for VIP that's all access passes to the speakers and the artists and you'll be able to dine with us in the private rooms with your own special bathrooms so of course come one day two day three day passes available as well and we cannot wait as Glenn and I say to hug your neck see you there So that happened in 2018. It would have been for the 2019 Olympics, Winter Olympics. 2018 Winter Olympics. Okay, okay. So then, obviously, with everything that's transpired since then, like, what are you doing now? Um, Using your voice, obviously, but what is what is your profession? What is your passion? What are you pursuing as your God dream?
1: Mm hmm. Uh, using my voice and at the end of the day, really knowing what I'm good at. You know, I love to talk. And so <laughs> I really have had to, you know, pray and, you know, and really dive into, OK, what am I good at? I come from a background with a learning um, special um, education, you know, so that for me was something that was so hard for me within school and to accept and, you know, live and to grow with that. And I actually didn't come out about it until I made the 2014 Olympic team um, with a teacher, you know, telling me how many lives, you know, you can change. And you don't realize it until you grow older and you go through that. Uh, Because I was still ashamed even years after I had graduated, you know, to ever say that I was a special ed student. Um, So now I'm really diving back into that because I'm so proud of it. And now... 34 years later, you know, I can say, I can talk to my special ed teachers and I'm still learning and I'm still growing. Uh, so now I really, you know, have felt like that I've called to, to use my voice and to help so many others and to be that comeback kid, because no matter what age we are, we're always going to face something in life. Rather it's, life, your rock's falling down on us and we're not sure how we can get back up that day or, you know, life has a turn for us or, you know, but to really show and to help, you know, so many others just come from, you know, your mess is your message and to grow above that and just really, you know, know who you are, true yourself. Um, I think that is what's really helped me is knowing and growing within who I am and to use that.
0: That is incredible. And I think- education plays such a role into who we become because we—that that is our job as well for so much of our, t- our childhood. That's where we go to work, right? On a consistent basis, in addition to the sports. So we had all of the sports time that we were putting in and I watch my kids do it now. And they're involved in several sports. We didn't choose to choose just one for them. We're letting them, they're still six and eight. So they're kind of just exploring. But I was gymnastics to two years old to 18 years old. That was all I did. And I, Played with gymnastics a little bit or dance a little bit, cheerleading a little bit, but it was gymnastics. Mm-hmm. Then you go to school, and school is a whole other identity piece, right? And so there you were in school and somebody had put that label or that need of special education on you, no different than you are an Olympian or you're mm-hmm. a skater. And I think that we we spend the rest of our, at least young adolescent age, until we become wise enough to realize that we are more, or till God gets a hold of us and Jesus recklessly pursues us and says, I love you more than that label, right? Mm-hmm. Like, love supersedes labels every single time. And so, I think as you explore that and you start speaking out about it a lot, there, I feel like there's no difference in special ed piece to us understanding as a society that's calling people gifted is mm-hmm. equally as bounding, right? Mm-hmm. And it might feel different having had that label, but like, it's pressure. It's Mm -hmm. pressure to succeed versus now you're actually being limited to succeed based on the special ed piece. I'd love Mm -hmm. for you to talk us through kind of like what you walked through on an emotional level with that.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, And I really like that you asked that question because uh, it was such a an emotional level for me all through middle school and high school. I mean, so much so that when I got to high school, some of my friends would say, "You know, Kelly, why don't we see you in class?" or "You know, where are you?" And I would always use use the excuses. I was skating. 99.9 of the time I was, but it was because I was in special ed classes. And I just couldn't grasp that fact that, you know, I had to say that. And when that bell rang, you know, everybody was going to class together and I was going to that classroom alone by the end of the hallway. And, you know, for me, for wanting to be the girl that wanted to fit in and to wanted to be the cheerleader, it was really hard for me to, to ever accept that I was more so different, I think, and more so, you know, couldn't just comprehend like everybody else. And and I say that more so is because they made it look so fun and made it look so easy. And when I put skates on, you know, it was easy and it was fun. And I think that's a little bit where the frustration, you know, came for me is because why couldn't I have fun in school and get it, you know, just as much as they did. Um, but again, it was that learning process of, going through that and understanding that, you know, later in life where I'm so happy because I have of it, because I've learned so much of the different side of it, you know, where I look at my brother, who's perfect example, eight years older than me. And, you know, we're completely different where he is very, you know, book smart and driven smart that way, where I am, you know, completely not that person. But if you put me in an airport around the world, I can probably get myself out of it because I've traveled so much and I've, you know, just been around that world where I can talk and meet new people and I'm so thankful that you know that God gave me that gift instead of, you know, the gift that I prayed about when I was in middle school and high school. Um and how much, you know, stronger than I am that I went through that emotions because at the end of the day, you know, it's really made me a part of who I am again it's not everything of who i am it's just a part you know of the story to be able to you know to put together
0: yeah i think it's so powerful to be able to tap into the different pains and passions right and then put them into the placement of our purpose because if you just stay in one zone, Mm -hmm. you will get burnt out in that zone. That's ultimately what happened with your sports. That ultimately was what was happening mentally in your education, because you probably had components where you were thriving or could have thrived, or your teachers were all like so grateful to have you in the classroom because you had that persona to connect with the other special education students. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's this understanding that our strengths thrive in the spaces that they're given. But there's opportunity when I feel like God, gets involved that he actually busts the seams of what that identity is from a secular perspective and he lets the spirit realm take over and say actually this might be what they call you but this is what I call you
1: Mm -hmm. yes so so true and that's what's so powerful and that's what I've learned you know since I stepped away from skating this coming January will just mark four years since I've been retired um and I've had to grow to who I am, I've had to learn a lot because I've never been just Kelly. And that's what I've always wanted to be. And I think that's what is so important to me is i just get to be kelly now and i just get to to use that calling that god has always given to me and that i've always been a b- big believer that everything happens for a reason but now i can really see why i've gone through that and why i've gone through those those bad days to make those bad days the good days and to know that it really is who i'm meant to be and to use my voice and to help you know so many others and just you know feel god is such a remarkable and powerful thing
0: So when you go to share and you're sharing your testimony, are you sharing it in schools to youth or is it more paralleled um, Mm -hmm. encouragement? What age bracket are you feeling called to or led to in this season?
1: Right now, I'm high school. Uh, I haven't dove into any yet this year. I'm really just getting the niche down for my speech and making it perfect. And that's what's so cool about kind of regrowing is in finding your new passion. I've always known as we've been on this, I've talked about being a speaker um, and diving into it. And with my learning disability, it was really hard for me to focus. And for the past month, I had said, OK, I'm going to do what I know what I know how to do. And that's to push yourself like as if I was training. I read my speech out loud on the way to work, on the way home from work, into a microphone, on the brush. I mean, like it was like <laughs> i on back into training. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, so right now I you know, it's just like everything you start from the bottom and you grow up. Uh, And I, but I'm really excited to, to be called, you know, through that middle school and high school age, especially high school, because I know how it is to, to sit in that chair and to want to be, you know, seen and, you know, but I've also sat in that other chair where, you know, you are alone and you feel like you have that label and, you know, X, Y, and Z is all prompt up against you. But we have this moment where we can absolutely change that and to
0: use that and to become who
1: we are supposed to become.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting because you've got like these two sides to who you are. You've had this title where you felt shamed and you wanted to hide from. Then you got this title that was like the limelight, but you were hiding even in that space. And so it's really it's a really beautiful symmetry that God has used to woven together to allow you to really have empathy for both sides of the coin, right? Because mm-hmm. I I was a cheerleader. I was a gymnast. I was those things in high school, and yet I felt really isolated, mm-hmm. even in the midst of all of those people, even in the, the gifted program. I was like, I am the dumbest of the gifted, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and I had to struggle. I was having fun. It looked like I was having a lot of fun going to class with all my friends, mm-hmm. and then physics, mm-hmm. right? And then econ in college. And I'm like, why? Why calc? <laughs> I can't do this. Right. And I wanted to just honestly, I wanted more than anything, Kelly, and you might be able to resonate with this. I wanted to just be mediocre. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to not have all of those things over top of me or beneath me because Mm -hmm. there was things that I was ashamed of as well. Just wanted to just be like plain Jane. Mm -hmm. And that was never me. Mm -hmm. And I know now that God never called me to be mediocre. He never called you to be mediocre. He called us out of our comfort zones for purpose. And it's it's really interesting that we both have like different sides of the coin. But as you're sharing, I'm like, I hear you. I mm-hmm. see you. I know you. And it's important as you share on those stages that both people, no matter what their label is, they both deal with the same premise of I want to be seen, mm-hmm. I want to be known, and I want to be loved. Mm-hmm. And those are the three things that God does for us every single moment of every single day. Yes, absolutely. So true. Yes. There's a gal on listening right now with us, and her name is also Kelly. And she said, I can so relate to just being Kelly. And that is who she is now. And Kelly, I don't know her exact age, but I know she's older than the two of us. And Mm. it is something like you said, that if we continue being on the rat wheel of trying to sustain and Mm. trying to do the things that are expected of us or staying blanketed beneath a label that we weren't ever actually meant to be. Here she goes. Say she's dropping her age. I love that proudness. Kelly, she's 56. I love it. I, I get to deal and hang out with and commune with and coach so mm-hmm. many women who are 20 years my senior. Mm-hmm. And when I sit with them, there's so much to learn from them. But there's also more empathy from my angle because I'm like, man, I am so glad that you see something in me that can ignite life back into you. And so while it's hard and mm-hmm. a lot of not, not a lot of people can experience what we've experienced as a young person, mm-hmm. a lot of people have the midlife crisis, right? Mm-hmm. We had a quarter life crisis, you and I, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's <laughs> led us to be able to serve sooner.
1: Right. Yes. And I think that's what's so special about it is, you know, we we wanted to be that you know plain you know jane and i think that's why i got teary eyes is because we wanted to just be you know mediocre where god's like nope you know i have a little bit of a different plans for you and you know and as i said this past month where i really started training as if i was skating again with my speaking it's because I felt God, you know, whisper to me where, you know, you're going to use this voice. I'm going to pull you out of your comfort zone. And, you know, it's so remarkable to feel that because no matter what age, you know, we are, you know, we're going to face, you know, something that we don't think we can. And that's why I'm so passionate about, you know, sharing my story and to be on that level with anybody and everybody and no matter what age you are, because, you know, there's something that we don't feel like we could get over because we have a disability or we want to be seen and we're not being seen. You know, there's so many different avenues, you know, of that where I think is just so important to, to be able to connect and re- to relate with so many others, because when you have college um, kids, you know, or high school kids going into college and, you know, redefining who they are and their identity. And it's the same when they graduate college. It's like, okay, we're, what do we do
0: now? Oh my and, gosh. Yes. I've had this conversation just Recently, Because these are like massive pivotal changes in our life. And I remember going from a high school where everyone knew my name, where I had all of these expectations into a massive ocean of a location. And I felt like completely invisible. And it felt kind of freeing because I had that desire, like I said, to just be like, let me just start over. Yeah. I can be anyone that I want to. But at the same time, I still had that, that yearning, that calling was still there. I just hadn't defined it yet because I wasn't too in my relationship with the Lord. But I knew that like just, just mediocre or just yeah. Tamara or just Kelly is not anything, right? Because he calls us by his name. Mm -hmm. And someone said this this morning on Clubhouse where we got connected and I loved it so much. It was Myron Golden, who is an incredible um, biblical business coach that I follow. He's a mentor. And he said, when I say I am Tamara, I have superseded my name Tamara with the great I am. And I was like, yes. yes, preach, I can own that, right? Yes. Can't you own that? Yes. And be like, I am because he is. Mm-hmm. And it has nothing to do with my name. It has mm-hmm. everything to do with his and the gifts and talents that we've been blessed with are meant to glorify him, mm-hmm. not anybody else. And just truly to serve as his daughter.
1: mm mm-hmm. Yes. And that is what is just so special and why we've been giving, you know, this gift and, you know, from God to be able to, to show and to use that. And that's why, you know, I can always say, thank you, God, for not giving me a gold medal. You know, thank you, God, for not making me that book smart that I wanted to be because I want to be sitting here having this conversation with any of you today. And in it's hard, you know, while you're through that, but that's the part, you know, becoming your own comeback kid is that you get to come back and you get to, to look back at that and really say, thank you God for making me stronger, even though I wasn't strong in that moment, but now I'm strong and now I'm firm on my own too. but because I'm doing what you called me to do and I'm doing it because I'm so passionate about it because it's what you've given me to give me and to use that power of that voice or, you know, whatever it is that he's given you to be able to just launch out to everybody.
0: I love this so much. So I am like a visionary in the sense that God like literally will speak to me prophetically in vision. Mm -hmm. And I had this, uh, this idea as you were talking Um, of you actually teaching from a personal and professional growth space, like a mentorship experience where you're actually taking people out of their comfort zone onto the ice, Mm -hmm. right? And you're able to utilize your passion, speak into their life, have global stages where you're helping people, especially kiddos within the special ed sector, to be able to try something new that nobody believed in them enough to try something, especially athletically, right? And for you to be able to pull them out of those comfort zones and prove to them that they're greater than the label that they've been given.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah, that just warms my heart. Yes. And that's why, you know, I'm just is so passionate about of, you know, just being Kelly, not being Kelly, you know, the Olympian, because that's why I want to help so many others know that if you're in special ed or if whatever it is that you're dealing with or facing with that, you can overcome that. And, you know, let me help you to always believe in yourself. And to always know that when you put your mind to it, you can absolutely do anything that you want to. And just to know that you're going to face those roadblocks, but those roadblocks are always there to make sure you're paying attention. And to make sure you're always getting over that speed bump because we can't stay stuck because life gives us choices. And we have to either choose to either sit in that bed or to get out of it that next day, because we know that sun is going to rise again. And we know that God's going to call us for what
0: he wants us to do so good. Yes. That was a mic drop for sure. You guys, this is Kelly Gunther and she is just such a gym. I hope you've enjoyed this time with her and definitely reach out to her. If you create stages, if you have a podcast, if you have some sort of community that Ke- Kelly can come speak to, I hope that you touch base with her because she just spoke to our community in such a powerful way. And I know it's going to speak into not only the woman or the man listening, but into their children and their children's children, because you're giving them power and you're giving them authority and you're giving them a new stage that they get to stand on. That doesn't matter what the world calls it, that God calls us to stand on that spot and He will put the spotlight.
1: Yes, thank you so much for that. I appreciate it, Tamara. Absolutely. So tell us where do you hang out the most so people can
0: get in touch with you.
1: Yes, um, I'm always on Instagram. If you see two R's at the end, it's still me. Just Kelly Gunther's my handler. Um, I pop in and out of clubhouse um, here and there. So find me in there. I'm an open book if you want to DM me please feel free. Uh, I I am on Facebook. I'm not not as much active on that as I am on Instagram, uh, but most popular on Instagram. So if you have, I would love to connect. Amazing.
0: And you guys can go to Kelly kellyguntherspeaker.com, which is in all the show links to be in touch with her directly to come to any of those places to share and shed light on the authority of the identity. The identity piece is ultimately what it is that we're called to more than what the world has called us. And so Kelly, I appreciate you so much for being here. All of who are tuned in live, Lakia, we see you, Kelly, we see you. We appreciate your loyalty to the Fit and Face podcast and hope that you will subscribe and review so you can get all the incredible interviews to come for season four. That'll be out soon.
1: Yes. Thank you so much again, Tamara. I appreciate it. Your
0: thing. Bye. Hey y'all it's me again. I hope in today's episode, you sense and ignite to an ember within you. Something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway. By snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at Faith underscore podcast or me personally at tamra.andress on Insta. I hope that I can keep you accountable and also share you with the greater community of the Fit and Faith podcast listeners. Tune in next time. Our world can feel chaotic and uncertain, but we don't have to live enslaved to fear. Christ has promised me and you his peace, and throughout scripture has provided powerful tools and practical steps to help us experience greater freedom. I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, inviting you to join me and my team as together we learn how to starve our fears and feed our faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com or wherever you access podcast content.